Hi, Marcus. Hi. Yeah. Hi, Sasha. Hi. Hello. Hi. <laughs> What's up? Hello. This is how we greet you. This is what we say every day when we meet you. We are Hello Peril, the band of four. We got tunes to entertain and teach you. We say Hello. to everybody here tonight, we're so glad you could step into our zone. And tomorrow say Hello to all your friends and your foes. And tell them how we got your mind blown. For example, Hello and welcome to the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast. I am your host, Andrew Morgan. You can follow the show at Nomcast Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Or you can follow me at Jokes on Drew. We got a special episode this time. Normally we do the old one movie breakdown thing, but this time I decided to have a couple of totally platonic and very funny friends of mine come on over to the pod and talk all things rom-com on Netflix. I had each guest select their favorite, and I did as well, and we break each of them down and then sprinkle in some others, mostly so I could talk about how dreamy and charming Noah Centineo is. You crazy Mark Ruffalo-looking motherfucker, you. But anyway, fun episode. Great job by my guests, comedian Mega Harrison, and comedian and host of the upcoming podcast, Good Enough with Stefano Sanzo. Stefano Sanzo. It'd be weird if it was anyone else. Be sure to look out for that. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much. Give a listen. I'm glad you're here because I was afraid that was going to be the conversation. Like, who am I going to talk to about Ron Him? Right. Just him right. by myself? Sportos, just Sportos and Bros. Right. <laughs> yeah. They're not good for yeah, yeah rom-com you're not the target audience are you i mean it should appeal to everyone no but that's the thing is you would think i mean we're in a modern age here mm-hmm. uh, guys right. are you know more sophisticated in their yeah. feelings and things like that i mean i grew up in the the romantic like you could talk about probably from harry met sally on through the early 2000s Classic is the time. right is yeah. right exactly sandra bullock right peak sandra bullock oh yeah peak meg ryan you know peak julia roberts you know so you got all these things and then they kind of just went into the ether yeah for sure. and netflix is like why did these just go away like people want to watch them over and over so like they get the algorithm going they see what works and then bam I feel like last year is probably when they really, like, they came out with, like, six in a year. Yeah, they went on a rom-com kick, didn't they? Yeah, because most of the ones that I've watched are probably all in the last year, year and a half. Well, because... Netflix really flocks to like simple formulas. They love like blasting out content and they're like, oh, this is how you do that? Great, we'll just do a lot of it. So, like... Once, you know, once the oh, yeah. idea for them clicked, they're like, yeah, rom-coms, obviously. Yeah. We, it's the same story just over and over and over. Just right. pick different faces. Right. Kind of. Well, right. yeah. <laughs> I love rom-coms, but like it's it's this, I mean, realistically, it's like, okay, they're they're not together. They're anything but together. But then they're sort of together. Right. And then they get together. And then they're not together. Oh and now they're crying. together again. <laughs> You're going to make me cry. Well, in the defense of the rom-com, I mean, we are in the age of superheroes where I get, uh, even though I'm clearly a geek by everyone can see on my walls here, down here, like all the sci-fi or superhero stuff, like those things are generally formulaic too. It's like, it's the hero's journey. It's a very repetitive thing of like, you start off where you're in battle and there's an inciting event and Mm -hmm. then 
you look like you're showing off all your skills and then oh my god this plot device comes in that you have to you know now find out seek out and then defeat but then you don't defeat it at first you feel dejected you maybe need some help and then you go and you take your friends and you go and beat some other people up and you win you know it's like okay also that sounded very they have the makeover scene both of them have they're all about the outfits yeah 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 in the superhero ones yeah so many parallels yeah 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 yeah, for sure all about the outfits right yeah no, that's absolutely true. And what's funny, though, uh, speaking of one of the movies that we're going to talk about uh, tonight, uh, the one thing that I read on Always Be My Maybe right. is that Ali Wong, of all people, was like, fuck the makeover thing. As a person who is sitting here with glasses in front of me, she was like, I'm not taking my glasses off. There's going to be no like, oh, I'm an ugly duckling in glasses. And then all of a sudden I'm going to take off my glasses and be hot. She was like, fuck that. This is my look. I don't care. This is me. Yeah. All right, I noticed that she wore like 15 different pairs of very expensive looking glasses right. in that movie. Well, so. she's supposed to pick be up on that. You know, a rock star chef. So, <laughs> That's a good like, point. You know. Her outfits are on point. In that oh, movie. it's insane. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, no, she doesn't miss a beat the entire time. She's no. never any sort of ugly duck. I mean, I guess the other guy would be more of the ugly duck in that Sure, film. he's kind of a <laughs> schlub. They, they, they're yeah. switching the gender roles a lot. Big and, time. Because like, she makes the big... Get to it later, but sure. she's the one making the big romantic gesture. Right, so right. I feel like they're playing with something there. Well, I feel like a lot of the Netflix ones are that way. They're kind of they kind of just said, okay, during the '90s, it, everything was the female is always subservient to whatever the guy's whims are. Without like, like their goal was the guy, as mm-hmm. opposed to now, a lot of the ones, at least that I liked uh, of these, the guy wasn't the goal. The goal was something else and then the romance butted around that right and even like the one that you brought up mega like someone great is really like you know it's because it's post breakup yeah and then you're working from there it's my favorite time so that one's kind of like a slow like empowerment and getting back in your feet movie versus kind of a traditional rom-com thing Mm, for sure yeah it's the different stage of the it's breaking up I rewatched it with my boyfriend. I was like, oh, I love the breaking up part. Right. He was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's yeah. just like when you can just ugly cry in public <laughs> and just feel okay. Well, New about York's it. the perfect place for it. Hey, it's uh, so why, good. Don't, why don't it's we so just good. dive right in? So tonight we're each going to pick, you guys picked your best movies to come here and right. champion. I will say right before we get to it is that the two that you guys chose, I've seen. But on my list, because originally we were talking like, oh, maybe we should bring a top three or something. Neither of those movies entered my top three. Really? Uh, Right. So So I'm not saying I'm a hater. Okay. But they're just not in that like made me really enjoy the rom-com experience. So I want to hear your pitches, like why you love these movies. And you already started. So let's go. Uh, So someone you guys are mega. You picked someone great. I chose Someone Great. This is a movie. Gina Rodriguez is the star of of Jane the Virgin fame. She does a masterful job of playing this immediately post-breakup New York woman, like maybe in her late 20s, early 30s, like just on the cusp of changing her entire career, moving across the country to San Francisco. Her boyfriend since college is, it's not working anymore. It's the guy, it's the guy from Get Out who's like, get out. Yeah. 
He's the guy that's her boyfriend. Yeah, it's like, Lakeith Stanfield, and he actually is in multiple Netflix rom-coms, because I watched uh, The Incredible Jessica James, which is the one with Jessica Williams, I and watched, he's watched in that one. Yeah, there's a lot of people who like bleed oh, yeah. uh, throughout these type of things. Obviously, the big one is Noah Centineo, but uh, a lot of these kind of like role-playing guys or whatever, they kind of you know interchange all the time. Yeah, but so I really liked it. It resonated with me because I think we've all ex- all experienced this. I went through a big, you know, when you go through your career changes, you have to move around a lot. Sure. And I, I was engaged. I had a dissolution of my engagement. And so I really related to it. This was something that sometimes you do meet people and during a certain stage of your life. And yeah. like, the impact they had on you was really important. Yeah. But then really in the end of the movie, she's just having fun with her girls. Oh, one of the categories for the movie was like gal pals. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that got me. That for got sure. Me. Gal yeah. pals. No, I no, love but, uh, I think my favorite sequences in there is probably with the three of them where they they're kind of just like chemistry. And the music is banging oh, in this the music. movie. There's Lizzo. I know. Perfect. The Lizzo one is the perfect, perfect dance breakup. song that they have. Like, yeah. I was like, oh my God, I'm in a very happy relationship right now, but if I were going to have a breakup, at least Lizzo's there for me. Like, I'm just happy <laughs> yeah, I mean, knowing that. I don't need to be in that say. I was listening to it today. I fucking love Lizzo. <laughs> no, yeah, <it's laughs> that wonderful. album's awesome. Yeah. It's, it is wonderful. But, uh, you know, she's just, you know, going through this breakup, but also kind of realizing that it is the right time to kind of right. move on. It's really, it, and it was something that's like bittersweet because you really had something <clears throat> special that you're reflecting on and you're also dealing with, uh, under that, you're dealing with the fact that like you're leaving your friends and all this stuff. Sure. Like, these people that have been part of your life. Because she's moving to way too long. San Francisco, because, right? Yeah, San Francisco. And kind of, they've been close friends for way too long because it's been <laughs> 10 years, I think, since college. And I'm right. like, you're still, you're the same three best friends it's a little weird yeah in the same place all of that that mid i'm i'm talking to two people who are clearly younger than me so like that mid to late 20s punched me in the face right that's probably the hardest time for everything because you're just out of college enough that you're like fuck i should be in my career by now i should have these goals set i should (laughs) be like an adult and then you're just still mostly doing just whatever you did in college just you know slightly less maybe uh depending and you know that it's a tough time to go through and if you're with a significant other some people are like oh i'm with the person i've been with since high school or college and you have to start making those decisions because you know yeah you want to start being an adult you want to start being who you're going to be for the rest of your life kind of and it's a real mind fuck (laughs) and relationships rarely survive and the ones that do uh, i'll speak for myself uh, I met my wife right before I moved to California. Sounds similar to this oh, story. Yeah. Oh, I moved. Mo- when I moved back, I immediately picked up right where I left off with my wife now. And then we got an apartment. And even then, through my mid-20s, I was like fucking depressed as shit and had an anxiety disorder, all kinds of things I had to deal with. We broke up multiple times, but we hung with it. And now I'm married with two kids and I'm my second house. You got her. I know. Yeah. (laughs) You did it. Yeah. So you just got to like fight through it or you got to realize when to cut bait. And obviously that's this movie where it's kind of the lingering thoughts of, even though it's New York, you see all the little things that remind you of the person. It's such a New York thing. And it's also, there's not really so much bitterness about it. And I think they really treat the male characters 
with a lot of fairness in this movie, it's, true. it's kind of interesting because even though it's like, oh, that's that dick that, that fucked me over that time and this right. guy broke, be, broke up with me, it's still kind of, there's some reverential, like, I respect this person. This person was an important part of my history. Right. And we're going to be part of each other's lives forever. Like, so it's a little bit more adult and it's like respectful of each other. I just, it just, I, I liked it. And yeah, it like, just fu- it was just fun. It was fun too. Like, and everybody was just a goofball. There are some things that are like inaccurate, like the lesbian character when she's like, "You just need to go get some dick." N- my lesbian friends would never tell me that. Right? They'd be like, yeah. Mm, never get dick. Dep- Ever. Yeah. Never get dick again. <laughs> Avoid maybe that dick, at all costs. Dick isn't right for you. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a medical commercial. Like maybe dick, dick isn't, isn't right for you. Dick Consult the doctor. Before. Right. <laughs> But you're right. There is that. I mean, I don't want to paint with too bit broad of a brush, but totally. Like, I think, I don't know if it was this movie, because again, I've watched so yeah, many rom-coms in the last few <laughs> weeks, especially, that there was one where it was like, oh, they were best friends, and the lesbian character was like, hey, if you ever want to switch teams, I'd be your first. I think it was a different one. Um, I think it was the Incredible Jessica James, uh, if I'm yes, remembering yes, correctly, because yes. I watched that last. So I'm probably right. That one's a good one. Uh, too. I mean, we'll. I'll probably do some honorable mentions at the end after we all kind of champion our movies. But what I will say about someone great though is when I watched it, I felt like two thirds of the movie in, which is the hardest thing to do when you're writing, is that bridge from the second to third act. I felt like it was spinning its wheels a lot. I felt like the time in between when they ca- kind of started to go from place to place, and then like they go back uh, and yeah, take a yeah. nap. It's like, yeah. I realize these things are quasi-realistic, <laughs> but when I'm watching a movie, I want escapism yeah. and, and some entertainment. And for how fun it was early on, especially, it does take a nosedive a little bit. Um, and the RuPaul was a little bit, like, RuPaul's used a little bit too much as, like, this, like, little... I liked, I, I, I liked, I liked her it. in it. Yeah. Well... I, it was just kind of like okay. We there were other like, ones I was kind of like okay, this is going on too long or whatever. But but I mean uh, to be honest, I think that's probably one of the most impressive things about the movie is that the 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 extra people beyond the initial three women or even you know uh, Lakeith Stanfield, you have Michelle Buteau. Like the the comedian stuff is hardcore in a uh, lot of yeah, these romantic sure. comedies. Like yeah. she is in this and oh and. Uh, always be my maybe yeah. right, right exactly so we'll we'll get a lot of her in this oh, in this section hilarious. right now yeah, uh alex moffett uh from snl mm-hmm. uh rosario dawson's in it which i thought that scene was fucking crazy i don't even know what was going on i <laughs> she felt like she was on drugs rupaul Questlove, uh jabuki young white who is also a comic uh, he's the drug dealer oh, guy yeah, in that. Yeah, um, and his Twitter is hilarious. Yeah, so, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's so owning good. Twitter. Yeah. Um, he was also in Crashing uh, as well, which is, you know, obviously a oh, comedy yeah, yeah. He's the one that, series. Yeah, so he's a, he's in that as well. He's also in my pick for the movie uh, for later. He's also in Set It Up. So a lot of these people bleed in. We're already seeing what I name five people and two of them were in other ones that we're going <laughs> to talk about like right now. So... You know, these things kind of get incestuous after a while. So, but I thought that was probably some of the cooler scenes in the movie is kind of like the other ones usually don't have the budget to usually get those kind of names or like the cachet because it's kind of like, you know, cheap Netflix movies sometimes. You don't get the names. This one, it's pretty deep. So I enjoyed it. And the one thing, and I think which holds the same for my pick later, 
I love a good New York rom-com because I think there's so much to deal with and there's so many, not to use that tired cliche of like, you know, what is it like it's 8 million people, 8 million stories, whatever the hell it is. Yeah, totally. But it <laughs> is. And no, especially actually, the neighborhoods. Really Some yeah. of the neighborhoods really <laughs> speak to who the people are. And, you know, I think yours is a good example. And I think uh, for me, for set it yeah, up, set is, it up. A, is a great example. Yeah, I agree. No, there are these things. I don't really like going to New York, but there are these movies and I'm like, New York seems cool. <laughs> and I think that's good. That's, yeah, I, I think good about it's movies. as much of a fantasy for me as mm-hmm. anything else. Like, I've Very always thought version. it's great when I'm there, but I never want to live there. Mm-hmm. That's my thing. Some people, that's exactly what they want. And they want that they are cool with the apartment life and, you know, no backyard, no right. suburban, nothing like just... You know the crushing spirit. They even revel in like how mean. Yeah, New, yeah, New York Yorkers can are be weird like that, man. Like they that. like bathing in that meanness. Yeah, like, like they're like, oh yeah, I, I love getting off the subway. Everyone's just yelling at right. me. It's yeah. great. Yeah, Sense I go of community. To my deli and he just treats me like shit. It's, it's really dirty. Like, yeah, I don't know. I get that part. I like that part. <laughs> <laughs> and the rats. Oh, you got. Well, we love get that them. enough in New Haven too. That's There's enough point. of that. Like if you're enough of a townie or a or a Yale student or however you were brought were you I forget I was a postdoc at Yale okay yeah yeah. 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 so you've been in the city proper do you live there now not to like get your (laughs) what's your address yeah Yeah. I live in Middletown now oh okay yeah Yeah, that's hipster north so that's cool yeah yeah it's up and coming yeah no I like Middletown a lot that's said with with pride like uh you know i love the wesleyan area you know some of my favorite bars are up there they got some cool breweries uh i take my kids to kid city what up kid city (laughs) up there you have to like have a kid to get in yeah yeah i guess that's probably true hey yeah totally you know we always get those like you know auntie passes whatever you know you can slide in there like nobody's nobody's caring it's fun those things are they're it's a dope ass place. I, I love it. So now did you see someone great? I did not see someone great. Okay. Because, How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> Cause to me, like you know, like I said, I, I, I felt like it took a dive and it was hard for me to get through. Like this was that was one of those movies where I could I didn't watch it start to finish. A lot of these other ones Ooh, I did. An especially hour and a half. I know. And that's what I'm you saying. There was something it. about I the movie it. that I it like came to me. a halt for me. But once they got into like the end and and you know getting past it, it, do me a favor because you're you're into this movie. Explain to me what the ending means to you and and why I should care. The ending <laughs> is that you know she has this not to spoil it, but like she no we spoiled the shit out okay, of it. Go yeah, for it. She she thinks that she's having this dream. She still has this fantasy that when she's asleep at their place, asleep, right? No, she's like their asleep. Spot. Yeah, at their spot, like yeah. on the fountain. Yeah, that like the get out guy is coming back, and it's gonna be like this romantic like trope of like let's get back together. Which right. to me, I'm a because she's adult like enough that I'm like, no, it's a backslide. You can't do it. Right. Don't backslide. We know it's a bad idea. Right. And then she doesn't backslide. Her friends come and then she just continues on in her life. And it's, and she realizes there are, there are certain key points along the way where it's like, it wasn't just that oh, I broke up with you because you're being a bitch. It was like, I broke up with you because it wasn't working anymore. And we've known it for a long time and we're right. changing things. It was like very mature to me. So that's yeah. what I liked about it. I think that it was just like, 
I liked, I know that sounds like not very exciting or romantic or fairy tale, but like, <laughs> that's really mature and that's exactly the no, right, but that's a, like, a, and there's like the, the director and writer was a, is, is, continues to be a female, uh, which right. is the case for a lot of these movies we're going to be talking about, which I yeah. think is also a really cool thing that Netflix does. Yeah. But it's just, it's, you don't see the perspectives from women a lot that you see, like in a lot of movies, you don't necessarily see the perspectives from women written well because a lot of times they're written by men. Right. And we are like it is nice. To, like it's it's why I started liking country music when I was a little older. I was like I mm. like an adult idea of what a relationship gone wrong is like. Right. And that's what I liked about this. It was like sure. a little bit more measured and like thoughtful and mature. Right. And I guess I think not the stupid like. Right, fairy tale ending bullshit. And I'm totally on the the maturity thing because obviously it's a progression, right? Because she made so many mistakes throughout the movie, you know, in terms of like the drugs they and take the or you the be a right. dumbass. Like, yeah, you have no an excuse to be a dumbass. Right. So I'm a little bit type A. So it's like, but so you get to be a, you yeah. have an excuse to be a dumbass. Right. If like you have a heartbreak. And you get so to be selfish okay with, yeah, and okay mean that. in spots and get away with it. Yes. Like it's totally a, it's a, you know, it's a holiday from being a human being yeah, for a day. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're everybody else's problem to, to <laughs> quote the great Howie Mason. Uh, <laughs> but to me, I think, I think that's where I got lost where the dream being the equalizer. It's like, so no confrontation. No, like to me, that's the mature thing to me is like deal with your fucking problems, not just sleep it away no, and then wake up and backslide. go. You can't backslide. They can talk right. maybe in they can talk maybe in two or three months. That's how I feel about it. Sure. They can't talk right away because right. you're gonna backslide. Right. I'm sorry that you were explaining how many times you backslid with your wife, <laughs> and you're great now. Right. But I'm just saying you shouldn't backslid. No, <laughs> no, I don't recommend it. It's literally the hardest thing I've ever done. It doesn't always to... result in two children in no, 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 no. marriage. Like there were, there was a time, usually just resentment. <laughs> dude, right after I, I broke up with my wife, this is also super dumb and sounds like a, almost like a rom-com cliche we worked across the street from each oh, other. oh you dummies yeah and so <laughs> i would see her like driving out of my parking garage and going home and she would drive past me and every time she saw me she would give me the finger <laughs> oh, shut every up single time and it's <laughs> that's sound, awesome it does, that's so right it's actually adorable and i was like because they always tell you in the rom-com stuff it's like if they show emotion towards you even hate hate is not the opposite of love indifference is the opposite of love so it's clearly i was still in in her mind in something right whether it was positive or negative is a whole other thought and then you know obviously we we patched it up and figured it out right but, right you know it was something that you know it sounds like a rom-com cliche like we keep having these encounters and it's like go fuck yourself and then turns around it's like but but but, but 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 I know I fucked up. Like, <laughs> come on, we have a cat. You know, it's things like that. It's a uh, you know, it's a whole life that we were building. So it worked out, and I, obviously, but I know how hard it is. And and like you said, this movie is very realistic to that of how hard it is, what the real problems are. And sometimes in a breakup, we always remember all the good stuff. Because we're that. like, yeah, you're we're blind it. to like, yeah, oh right, we're that. totally about to break up. 
any moment these last four months and then and you, somebody does it and you're like fuck you we yeah. were perfect <laughs> yeah yeah and you genuinely the, the the backslide is because you you form kind of a, an addiction uh to this connection that you have with this person so right. when you separate from them like you i'm making it sound very clinical but it's something that made me yeah even though it sounds clinical it's something that made me understand like oh love is real because it's chemical it was right like, this is real it's something that it, it, you feel this connection to this person, you feel this pull back to them, but it doesn't mean that it's necessarily the right choice for your life. And that's what I liked right. about it. Because she wasn't just grappling with a breakup. She was grappling with a huge life change that is right. kind of, she's not going to be with her friends anymore. She's not going to be with a lot of things anymore. It's yeah. a huge thing. So right. I just felt, I, I really related to it and I felt like it was really lived in. Like they seemed like genuine friends and it was kind of cool. And I don't know, man. <laughs> I think it's dope. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, you know, obviously you recommend it. I, I, I would say it's it's worth watching. Uh, okay. It just wasn't, like I said, like I probably watched. Got, it wasn't the worst one I watched. Let's put it that way. I probably, okay. I'd probably say. What's the worst? What's the worst? I think the kissing booth was the worst uh, one I, I watched. Which that to sounds be honest, pretty bad. As a 37 year old watching, you know, like 16 or 17 year olds yeah, falling in love, it's like, okay. Kids. You know, sometimes it's a little harder to get through, but that one was every trope stealing from everything, nothing original. I thought like kids were more progressive. Why not like a glory hole? Well, this is kind of like it was so white of a movie. Uh, (laughs) It's like so spoiled, white, rich California type vibe that it was just it's not reality. And I can understand people, you know, if I'm 14 and I'm watching 17-year-olds fall in love and it's like a kissing booth sounds like a real thing right. that can happen. It's like reading, a, you know, one of those trashy novels kind of a thing. And in fact, it was one of those. They adapted it from one of these <laughs> novels or whatever. But it's, you know, it's 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 got one of those. And Netflix does a lot of these too. Um, I don't think I've watched many others besides the kissing booth, but um, a lot of them where they have rules that you can't break or some kind of list that someone's making. Like even um, one of the ones that I would have had on my list if we did the three was the uh, to all the boys I've loved before mm-hmm. where that yeah, one is kind of like you, she kind of like had this list of people who she loved in the past and had letters for that. They all ended up getting their letters sent to them um, even though they were never supposed to be, you know, seen the light of day. And, that's another one of these things to where, you know, uh, and Kissing Booth, they had like these two best friends that they had a million rules. Like you always have to be on some on your best friend's side or you always you can't uh, date someone who your best friends related to or this. Uh, like they had these laundry list of things and then like you see them slowly break them and try to mature and <laughs> blah 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 it's 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 dumb so like <laughs> are you supposed to feel like nostalgic or something or like what is uh, like as an adult i guess i mean like i've you know i guess maybe it depends on sometimes what age you are when you're watching these things and how you mm-hmm. forgive them because there are movies you know you guys are what late 20s early 30s yeah i'm totally. 26 <laughs> 36. Are you really? Yeah. Wow, you're aging way better than me. I'm 37, so I, I totally get it. No so, so then, mm-hmm. so to me, yeah, oh, it helps. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, like movies like, say she's all that. I know that movie's fucking garbage, but yeah. I watch it 
so many times and i know i'm like because i'm like oh rachel e cook i don't care i know yeah she oh my god she took again she took off her glasses she's hot now it's like what class she was kind of a weirdo though but it was funny that yeah her school art school kid whatever artists that were like you'll never be a good artist i know yeah (laughs) although hey as three comedians sitting in this room you know the artistic community the creative community is can be kind of backbiting a little bit because there's only so many spots mm-hmm. yeah. and you kind of just hang on for dear life for as long as you can and hope you make some footing in it and so sometimes people are just like get off my block because yeah. i've been here a long time and i still haven't gotten my shot and then you know or sometimes people are like oh you have talent fuck you like you yep. know it's simple as that you know but i try to be above it but i, yeah. I dive in sometimes <laughs> it gets hard especially in social media times like you're just like nah, they got that show okay yeah yeah you still everybody support does it. people with talent see? oh yeah you guys are here you guys, you guys are it. talented <laughs> comics and obviously you do the acting thing too you got you got uh, your hands and everything you have a new podcast co- yeah, coming whole, through whole, like a bunch of stuff i was yeah, trying to so, stay busy hey man we all, we all, yeah. We try to stay busy. We start try to stay creative. That's I mean, it. I got two little kids. I got a full time job that's fucking far away from here, and it's tough. It's tough to juggle things, but we try and make it work, man. Hell yeah, yeah. Um. So, <clears throat> all right. So I think we got a great handle on someone great. I will now pass the mic to Mr. Stefan Sanzo, uh, to do always be my baby. Oh, oh well, sorry, that? baby. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Every time, well, did I know this is a Barry Manilow song? All right. No, no, no. no I carry you, you, weirdo. I what? Yeah, that video yeah. It's hard. Ha- it's hard video, to not say that when that you're saying video, it. Yeah, I watched it a lot of times. I rewatched that video because it, we were going to talk about this. Well, yeah, because "Always Be My Maybe" right. is the movie, but obviously they play "Always Be My Baby" by Mariah Carey a million times mm-hmm. in this movie. And so it's already ultra confusing for me to not say that anytime. Yeah, I do it's a tough, it. it's a tough uh, association to break. Yeah, it's really, it's really close. It's really tough to tough to deal with, especially like that oh, video. And it's right, obviously exactly. a play on that song. Right. Uh, that was my. Uh, I do a joke in my act that you've probably heard a million times, where it's uh, about masturbating to music videos. Uh, right. Mariah Carey was right there, like all those ones, like Dream Lover, Fantasy, right. fucking all those ones. Amazing content for, yeah, for a that's 13, a little, 14 That's a little fucked up, that video, because it's like these kids at camp. Yeah, yeah. And it's very, it's, look, I remember being like young and watching it. And I was like, oh, these kids at camp. Right. But then when they kiss under the water, you realize like that boy looks very small. <laughs> he looks like a very young boy. Well, and the girl's a lot bigger than he is. You're also in the same time period when Mariah Carey was dating a studio executive from Sony and married him that was easily a decade oh. older than she was. So, moral ambiguity, whatever <laughs> your choices are. Uh, that's the yeah. <laughs> uh, that is not the focus of always be my maybe. Right? No, not at all. <laughs> Just for everybody at home. So yeah, uh, always be my maybe was my pick, and um, I was obsessed with this movie while I was watching it. Um, well, for for a few reasons, but I mean, right down to the title. Other than a play on the song, um, right. it's such a good summary of what that dumb like half promise friends who are sort of into each other early on in life make to each other you know that you know it's not it's such a not commitment it's always be my you know always be possibly there for me you know like it's basically two people who are afraid of commitment even though they see it you know right from the beginning like oh obviously obviously we should we could be a thing well this one also has the 
the problem of they're kind of sort of family growing up. Yeah. So oh, okay. I, I didn't, I didn't even consider that. But yeah, I mean, that's they're a good not point. family, but no, they're like no, neighbors and best friends. And and Ali Wong's character, the whole thing with her is that her parents are never around. So right. then she's always with this other family. So it's kind of like almost as if you were like, hey, we're stepbrother and sister. This is fine, yeah, right? I'd it's have, like, no, it's I'd fine. sure have loved if you never pointed that out. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome if I had never. <laughs> I don't think it's a moral issue in this I movie. No, it isn't. It's very popular it's, in porn. So it's a, very true. Yeah, very yeah. Fr- front page of, of all porn sites, allegedly. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, but I digress. And uh, yeah. so, yeah, that, that just, just the title alone like really spoke to me because right. um, I feel like everybody's been in that situation before. And I've definitely uh, dealt with similar things like I had also funny funny like maybe a week or two before I had watched this movie I had stumbled upon this awesome reddit yeah. where uh, I don't know if, uh, if you guys are, are on reddit at all and, and if you I was briefly I didn't get so, into it so there's much. this thing called ask reddit you're basically asking the entire internet you know right. yeah. and it, it, people ask questions and, and the question was it had reached the top page uh, people who had marriage pacts in high school how did those work out for you? Oh, that's sort interesting. Of thing. Yeah. yeah. And I was reading through all of them and all of them were like, oh, like like there were, like all the ones that made us at the top, it was just dozens and dozens of people like, yeah, we all ended up it, together. It was so stupid that we had ever even, like it oh, caused so much unnecessary heartache that like we saw from the beginning that we should have been a thing. Right. But, you know, decided to do what we did and ended up like it, after a divorce, we found right. each other or right. like in our 30s or something like this. So yeah. many of those when you stories. you should have done it when you exactly. were 15 or, so, or 13. So, no, I think they needed to live through their other stuff. I don't know these people on reddit and i'm just weighing <laughs> right. it because i think my opinion matters but no i think they needed to, to go through i think married pack people are already kind of hesitant wishy-washy people right no absolutely I think that's their own I'm, deal yeah so. I'm, not, I'm not saying it's the right way to go i'm just saying combined with that and then watching this movie i'm like oh yeah i saw a lot of parallels right and uh also in my own life i mean uh, who, sure. who hasn't dealt with like a similar situation to this but like the tropes that they they pulled off were all very. There was a lot of like unique moments to this movie that right. I think a lot of rom coms and a lot of just movies in general haven't capitalized on yet. Right. There was this one genius scene where they were like in the, you know, I was talking about like the the po- like they got sort of got together and then they sort of split apart sort of yeah. thing like in every movie. So they're right. going through the split apart thing after they had sex that night I, after the Keanu thing. Yeah, you- yeah, yeah. So I'm okay. jumping around a little bit here, but I yeah, just want yeah. I wanted to go right to the when they're texting each other yeah, and yeah. they look away and the bubbles are happening yeah, yeah. and then the other ones looking away and the bubbles. Are, so right. they both they wanted to s- what they want exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a modern dating thing, such a it modern is. communication thing that yeah. I I don't see a lot of movies yeah. capitalizing on. Where like yeah, you'll be in a situation where you desperately need desperately need to be communicating with this person like right. what you need right now is to say your your feelings and what that person needs right now is to say their feelings and with the way texting works it doesn't work the same way as talking to someone face no. to face you can't start a i can't start a se- right exactly yeah, it's weird yeah, right. i can't just start a <laughs> sentence and stop it everyone in the right. room is like what the fuck just yeah, happened right. edit yourself too much exactly yeah, yeah. so and texting yeah, you always try to put connecting. your best self out exactly yeah. it's basically like instagram but talking you know right. what i mean like you're, yeah. you're, you're trying to present the best thing you possibly could in this moment right. so you're delete and and they end up not saying anything at all and it's like you're as the viewer you're watching like no you idiots like right. you just yeah. want to talk to each other right. like you're forget the sex forget the romance part you're best friends you stupid sure. morons yeah. like 
yeah. what are you doing? And like, meanwhile, you're like, oh my God, I've done this with family members. I've done this with, right. with loved ones. I've done this so many times. Like, and I've never seen that from the third person perspective. Right. I've only, I've only witnessed it as the person being a part. Like I, I've deleted 15 texts today. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Even after that scene. Um, so yeah, that, that was one thing, uh, a, a huge thing on the movie that, that really sold me. And yeah, also just their. I just love them. Yeah, I love them so much. I, I, mean, I will yeah, say this because I this whole episode kind of started because uh, you posted something about saying how a, much you love a the raving movie. review of the movie, right? And I was and I said something of like, what did you like about it? Because I was a little unsure about the movie because again, almost kind of like the the someone great thing. I thought there the, and there is even I, I watched it multiple times now and I'm like, there's still an issue between. I didn't buy the fight that they have where they kind of like she leaves the whole Which like, fight. Uh, the one at the towards the end of the movie where like after he holds her person, he's a regular guy. I'll that, give you after that. That part. That, there's a section. There's probably about 10, yeah. 15 minutes where it just loses itself. It had so much momentum. I, I kind of agree with it that. It's really petty and stupid. Like even what they're arguing about. And obviously later they patch it up so obviously it was petty and stupid um that you know they they had a lot of stuff that they were just like just reluctant and making stupid arguments and and then they end up going away so that stuff really lost me and even him like going to tom ford was funny but right that it was in the midst of that sequence where it kind of gets lost it should have been way better but at least that was on the way back up getting back to where they should be yeah but i think it also gets muddled because another thing i think falls flat otherwise i did enjoy the movie better with multiple viewings right um is the uh her family thing because you know like i i I didn't feel like they they really sold the family stuff as much like uh, again not to quote another movie but like to all the boys I loved before, I thought even for the fact that those are three sisters that were obviously adopted, I believe right. on some level, were you know because their dad's white and they're Asian, and the their mother, mom, the I dead mom was Asian. I think was she? I don't think so because well, when I read it, I think the oh, the okay. book said that it, the reason why they tried to get. Uh, the lead Lana Condor is that she was actually an adopted oh, Asian kid, and that so was the book. And then, so that's what they did with the movie as well. But uh, they don't really say that yeah, overtly. Yeah. But, you know, because the mom kind of looks like she might have some of that. It's possible, but they don't show the mom a lot. So, you know, because obviously she's no, dead. Yeah, her family, the family. <laughs> but, so Ali Wong's character, I don't remember her name. Her, like her Sa- family. Sasha? They have different yeah. uh, principles than. The families well, have very different principles. They kind of don't sell. They just kind of go, oh, they weren't around. Her parents barely know? exist in the movie. Like yeah. even when you see them on screen, they're not much of a presence. They're not and the like conversations. A, don't like, do did they really raise either. this character? It yeah. doesn't. Or, okay, I guess that's the idea is that they didn't. They right, weren't around exactly. to raise her, so that maybe that's why they're so di- uh, diametrically different. But right, but outside of like getting her inside, you know, Randall Park's family's dynamic. Right. I don't see the the necessity of like like everything that has to do with her and her family and what she does because of her family like like the baby conversations all those seem to be very forced and weird right uh, as opposed to everything else in the movie yeah and that's where i think 
Because I came into it, and I don't know if you heard the same thing. I, I came into it knowing, I believe what happened was, and I don't know the full story, so I will say that I might be talking out of my ass. Right. But a conversation happened on Twitter where there was this whole campaign to try to get Ali Wong and Randall Park to be in a movie together. Oh, okay. And, th- and then because it was this huge Twitter campaign, all of a sudden they were like, okay. And then like... Six months later, Always Be My Maybe comes out. So it's like, okay. So literally, you just listened to Twitter, put two people together, slapped a script together, and you were done in six months. That seems like... No, that's not not what what happened happened. at all. (laughs) That is not what happened. Do you know more? Can you illuminate? No. I've heard a little bit about it. Okay, no, I'm I'm, I'm I'm, all about it. I want to hear what you have to say, Megan. Now, again, I have heard... I was listening to a podcast today with Randall Park and the director and listened to like full breakdowns of stuff, but it it didn't say anything about before they started shooting. So that's where I'm interested. And basically, all I know is Ellie Wong had some deal. Netflix, she came in with like a proposal Netflix was basically like do whatever the fuck you want because right. you had great specials that have been successful do what you want sure and then so it was like she had a lot of freedom to put together what she wanted to and they really lucked out by getting the director what's the director's name the one who uh, she created fresh off the boat yes uh, and she was also the producer on don't trust the bee on apartment 23 that's which very I true love so yeah so yeah she's she's coming the one thing I did really like about this and not to sideline your thoughts too much was that the Asian stuff I thought were it was tough with her family, but what I liked is that going into it, mm-hmm. they wanted so many things to be Asian and made it a very Asian cultural social movie, which obviously is easier to do in San Francisco because they have a large population to to deal with that. There's a great backdrop for that story. Oh yeah, um, but even every character down the line is like some Asian character that they made. Even Keanu Reeves has asian and hawaiian like blood in him as well like he, he does, injects it into himself every yes, day every keanu day. reeves is a yeah. fascinating yeah. person guys. <laughs> i would actually believe that story <laughs> it doesn't sound that far-fetched no, it now, saying it all. out loud yeah right on <laughs> but th- they went deep they because the keanu reeves scene they almost didn't get him let's backtrack a little bit sure this movie has the one of the greatest cameos of the decade yeah and i i'm almost mad that like like you could there's kind of previews that show Keanu when it would have been an amazing cameo to be just like surprised about because yeah um, I didn't like that it was in the trailer I don't want anyone to know about Keanu Reeves being in that movie that makes it it's such a stronger cameo also they kind of nailed it with the filming as far as like they caught they released this during Keanu's weird like he had like 90 days of just crazy you know everyone like jeff goldblum type like like lore around him like he he, he well, was being serious it was seriously memed yeah. like like he was he was on every show just just yeah keanu was in the the air i want to say for like a solid like three weeks no, of yeah. the internet he just owned it and it kind of fell within the release of this movie well listen to so his 2019 and, and part of it is a talks about this movie in oh, terms yeah. of like he had four days in between his shoot of shooting John Wick 3 that he did this movie in. And they worked around his schedule to make sure they were in San Francisco proper to shoot his scenes. Because the rest of the movie is shot in Vancouver. 
Oh, I so know like okay. they purposely went to San Francisco to shoot his scenes, and then went right back to to Vancouver. Or they shot all. Of, basically, they shot the whole movie. And, his and they were scenes, like, "We got Keanu. Yeah. Let's go to San Francisco." And his scenes are incredible. They're fun. Every second that he is on camera is yeah. so damn good. Especially because he's purposely going into it like I'm going to be a douchebag. Yeah, version it's of it's myself. like uh, Neil, when Neil Patrick Harris played himself in White sure. Castle. You yeah. know that like yeah, hot, like Kumar. He's yeah. kind of uh, uh, yeah. He's he's kind of like. Being the Neil Patrick Harris he always wanted to be, right, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, well, let's just say I wasn't the nice guy that sure. everyone thought I was. Or even like when Wayne Brady played himself in yeah, Chappelle Show, Chappelle like, show, like yeah. it was th- that classic I'm kind Wayne Brady, of bitch. exactly. Yeah. It was that classic kind of a ca- uh, cameo where yeah. Keanu was this beloved, you know, the character of Keanu Reeves. Like in real life, is so loved and well known to be this right. like philanthrop- philanthropic. Uh, just kind soul does awesome oh, yeah. movies no scandals attached to his name yeah. then on screen he's just a motherfucker he's, yeah. <laughs> he's the most he, and, he, and he was also such a good representation like going back to like the real life tropes he's such a good representation of the girl of like the person that you want to be with winding right. up with the douchiest most oh, idiotic yeah. jerk right. on earth that's just like so like you get why he's likable but at the right. same time just so punchable so hateable yeah. you know what i mean Which, so they they nailed that as far as like you know well, that character when when i read an interview uh with Ali Wong where they did that on purpose as far as like they wanted a couple things about that cameo. Keanu Reeves was their number one. That was who they wanted and they didn't know if they can get him. But they threw out a bunch of names of other people who they were going to try to get. But the purpose was, okay, she was already dating the guy from Lost. I'm trying to... Daniel Day Kim, um, who uh, he, he was the fiance that Sasha had right beforehand. the other yeah, the, the like, he's semi-famous yeah, chef yeah he's from he's from uh lost and Hawaii Five-0 and like he's a gorgeous man he's yeah a very gorgeous and I man. love how he played such a like lukewarm celebrity in yeah. the movie like fifth I think she bragged about him having what was it like 50 36, yeah 36,000 followers Instagram. on Instagram yeah. which is <laughs> right. like I could know somebody with thirty six thousand followers possible, on yeah. Instagram. That's not that's not sure. crazy. Yeah. So um yeah, no, I love that he was like that, just kinda like, oh, this guy's gone. Like, right. Yeah, he's not gonna last much longer in this oh, movie. Yeah. <laughs> but again, he's a successful guy, he's attractive, he's definitely a threat to, you know, the relationship that we want to see blossom in right. the movie. And the but, you know, obviously Randall Park's character Marcus is kind of a a schlub, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like, you know, an average guy. Like she even calls him a regular guy as like a compliment, but he takes it as an insult. You have this moment uh, where you're going to see her, where he has a chance at this point. The fiance's out of the picture. Now it's like, what's the kind of guy that has to up at a level yeah. that's going to be a huge threat? Right. Not just the guy who she was just with, but some guy on a whole new level, and that's why they wanted Keanu Reeves. Because they actually talked about things that would be funny, but wouldn't be a threat. Like There was a talk at one point that Randall Park wanted Paul Giamatti <laughs> to be in. <laughs> As Paul you know, Giamatti? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And it would have been hilarious, but it also would have been like, not a real threat. It would have been just a what? Isn't he a New what Haven native? Just wanted to point that well, out he went there. to Yale, and he's okay. always back at Yale rep all the time. Right. I've seen him in New Haven a few times. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so it would have been this weird, like, what the fuck, Paul yeah. Giamatti? That's a great cameo. Yeah. But Keanu, that takes Can't that touch next it. step. And Cannot touch it. The, she fought for Keanu because of the Asian, even though a smaller scale, but an Asian 
character of yeah. some sort because they wanted this uniform, solid, you know, Asian stand in this movie. Right. Which um, to to go onto another thing, the the to all the boys I loved before that movie, the book, everybody's Asian. So if you've seen the movie, you're like, well, everybody, not everybody's Asian in that John, movie. John Corbett. It's mm-hmm. literally right. So on that movie, Lana Condor is the only Asian in that. Like her and her sisters are the are the only Asians in that movie. But even like her love interest, everybody was Asian. So the the deal was they were trying to shop that book around, and all the studios wanted nobody to be Asian. They wanted even the protagonist, that family unit. They didn't want any Asians whatsoever. And then Netflix final. They went to Netflix, and Netflix was the only person who was like. Yeah, totally. We can get, uh, you know, an Asian American uh, to play the lead, and but then the the caveat was that all the other characters had to kind of diversify the show or diversify the movie. Yeah, and it's hard to talk about like mo- rom coms modernly without talking about crazy rich agent Asians and sure. saying that now it's possible to have a movie that's driven by Asian leads, like, right? Romantically, but also For sure. just that I don't know. It's just a cool. Rom- I want to talk about. What what's his name's girlfriend like with the dreads? Oh, Jenny. Yeah. Jenny. Yeah. How do you feel about her? She was kind of amazing as far as yeah. just like a character <laughs> to sure. watch. Yeah. Um, you know, she was such a she was such like a she She's was an a pretty, avatar for the audience. Yeah, she was a really Keanu scene Yeah, she sure. was she was a really good uh amalgamation of like the woo woo people, you know mm. what I mean? Just like the standard like you're not even sure if she follows a religion or a spiritual guide of any sort. Right. She's just kind of like, she's picked at shiny things that she's seen on the internet and, sure, and, yeah. and kind of developed a personality right. around it. The, the the dreads were incredible. I totally met that type of person. Yeah. Oh my God, I know a times. thousand of yeah, them. Yeah, I know. And it's so hard where it's like, oh, you're so nice and you do so many nice things. I just don't want to be with you when I'm doing nice right, things. Right, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> you're she's so like annoying. obsessed with this authenticity, but yeah. also just so celebrity obsessed as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like that, because it's just... It seems incongruous, but it's it is. You, we all know. Oh no, yeah, no, absolutely, no, not at all. And and, and what's interesting though, uh, one of my favorite scenes is them going back and forth when they were kind of commiserating about Jenny, where they were having the the conversation of like, do Asians have dreads? Can yeah, they do dreads? Yeah. And it, like they're sending things back and forth, like links, like how to get dreads if you're Asian, like this whole thing. So I thought that was a lot of fun. I, those little things, I think, is what my favorite stuff is in the movie when they're and kind of playing also, around. What was his What was his band's name again? Hello Peril. Hello Peril. I, I think that I don't know if you saw. I I posted. I don't know if I even said it on your thread when you said it. Might have because I'm annoying. But I I I constantly was saying Hello Peril is greater than always be yeah my yeah 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 because it is right and there's total reason at least for me because the music of hello peril was uh, solid well is from dan the automator who is one of my favorite producers like he did handsome boy modeling school he d- he did the stuff for the gorillas he like he was a guy like dr octagon deltron 30 the del the funky homo sapien all this shit all this rap that i used to listen to in like the late 90s early 2000s Dan the Automator is all over it. That he's the guy. Okay. So not only that, but oh god, what the hell's the fucking guy's name in the in the band? I don't know what his name is uh, in the show, but basically, uh, Lyrics Born, who's another really good rapper, you know, and and producer himself, one of my favorites. He's 
rare because he's an Asian rapper producer that lives in the Bay Area. Right. And so they're like, oh my God, Lyrics Born has to be in this movie. And he's he's in the movie in Hello Peril. Yeah. And, and he plays bass for the group. And then uh, the rest of the group is also like these star-studded oh, yeah, Asian, yeah, who's also I, I she was remember her in House, in the movie, yeah, but like she's hilarious, yeah, and she's very talented. She's the only one who actually knew how to play an instrument. She is actually playing oh, the yeah. drums there. Everybody else is just kind of faking it. And but to me, like the lyrics are hilarious. It kind of reminded me of uh, Das Racist. If you ever listened to Das Racist before, no. um, they're a cool rap group from like probably I don't know. Five six years ago. Are maybe you saying more. that the way that I think you're saying? Yes, that? I am. Yeah, Das Racist. That's the name of the group is Das Racist. They okay. had a song called like Michael Jackson. I think was the name of the the song that they had that was big. But yeah. So anyway, I'm starting to feel like I'm on a parody of a podcast because of these <laughs> the terms you just threw out. I'm like, those can't be real. No, no. <laughs> das I, Racist. Das <laughs> Racist. Pull it up. Yeah. Das Racist. Oh yeah. No, he's showing him showing me it on uh, Spotify. It must be real. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just made it up. Yeah, Michael Jackson. That was their big hit. See, this guy knows things. I know. I pulled shit out of my ass all the time. This guy knows rats. Hey, gross. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. I'm a dad. Everybody squeeze, has that shit going it on. Out. But yeah, I totally got sidetracked. But Hello Peril to me was yeah, amazing. Cool. And yeah. the, like even the tennis ball thing, where it's like, hey, we ordered too many fucking tennis balls, right. and then makes a song about a tennis ball, and it's great. Yeah. It's a great and, song about and a tennis then, ball. Like the end where they're like. In the credits where they pull out the I Punch Keanu Reeves song is fucking yeah. tremendous. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, I, I thought anything they did, any of those scenes were I liked great. that romantically, too, as a thread because they they showed that that was the type of music that they listened to when they were younger, when they were teenagers growing up together. Right. And that was the type of music that she put on in the limo with the new fiance guy. Right. But then you kind of see her, she's living her new lifestyle. When she goes to the show where he's playing, you think like, oh, maybe she's above this now. But she's right. like, no, they're still great. And she's like, still like so into it. And right. that made me feel like, like I was like, yeah. Like, well, I, it, I get it. Like, I, I feel All those I'm moments humanized her. Yes. Because... Uh, in the beginning, I think that's part of what I didn't like about the movie is I thought, this is Ali Wong, and you're making her too kind of like straight and bitchy. Yeah. Like she was just yeah, too like much of, of like a stuck up, of our t- of our you know, kind of rich, out of touch person for a long stretch of the movie that it's hard to like her. And you're like, man, I just want these two to be funny together all the time like i don't want it to be this thing where we have to progress to a point where you get to see the best also i guess big ups to ali wong being able to play the straight man when she is far and away the funniest person in the movie oh yeah like in real life far and away the funniest person in the movie and she's playing like obviously there's funny there's tons of funny things that she's involved with but she's probably the straightest person in the in in the in the whole movie you know it's like the jokes are kind of bouncing off of her I love Randall Park's dad in this movie. <laughs> oh, he's unreal. Oh, he's so, oh, he's so good. good. He's so goddamn good. How, what was it? It was... Um... You know what's the best thing about him? That as a person who's 37 with a 36-year-old in front of me, he was the original Shredder in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles oh, shit. from 1990. Oh, shit. He was the original oh, no, Shredder. I, I have older yeah. brothers, so I did yeah. have those VHSs in my house. I had oh, yeah. Secret of the Ooze <laughs> and all that shit. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. That's that. incredible. It's awesome no, he was, that he was He that. was really good. Like, he's got he that. Had, like dead skin all over your face. Yeah. <laughs> he's got yeah. that. He's got that line where he was, uh, where uh, she mentions, uh, you know, how, how did uh, someone mentions how he stays so young and he's like, I wash my face with shampoo. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
he kind of reminds me of a more realistic and fun version of like the my big fat Greek wedding mm-hmm. family experience, you where it's like the grandpa or yeah. like the dad who know sprayed everything with Windex. No, what I'm yeah, no, what <laughs> yeah. I'm really happy that they didn't do with that, that character was have the typical, like stereotypical. You know, straight laced Asian father yeah. who's just a hard ass and yeah, where he's in and a business like, suit. Yeah, all yeah, the time d- always talking about discipline and shit. He's yeah. like, he's just as cool as his son, yeah, yeah. just totally as cool. Totally and I, well, and I, like I think that. one of my favorite, yeah, exactly. You're just ex- doing the, the dance dancing. move when they do the dance off, yeah. quote unquote, uh, dance battle. That's one of my favorite things because I think. I don't know. My dad's kind of, you know, can be a hard ass. It took him a while to kind of like be almost like on a friendly level and right. being father and son. I think that's a common problem sometimes with raising kids. Yep. And this guy, you know, obviously they've had to adapt since the mother's not in the picture. And he he could be so honest with him. He was like, what are you doing here? He's like, I don't know. I was smoking weed, having a little <laughs> dance in front of the mirror. And it's like. You know, bring this shit. And yeah, the exactly. Dad it was awesome. I I found that so lovable. Yeah, and yeah I immediately fell in love with yeah. this character. And and yeah, like I said, I was just. It was so refreshing to not. I I hadn't realized up until this movie that I have I have come to expect an <laughs> Asian father in a movie of that man's age to just be a dick. I have just come to expect it in movies. For sure, you it's know? every single one. Literally, I, I, and this is what happens when an Asian director, Asian writer, Asian characters on set are calling people on their bullshit and right. making a realistic portrayal of yeah, things. Yeah, I loved it. And I guess, I, I want to say finally, I'm sure there's other things we could pick out of the movie, but um, one thing that really just I related to with this movie is I am I too am a child of immigrants. Right. Not Asian immigrants. Um, I'm not an Asian, yes, as right. you guys could probably tell from- uh, By the name? From from my name, yeah, and uh, and and the way that I look. But yeah, no, well, so- this is a podcast. Right, right, right. right, right. <laughs> but- um, but I, I meant you too. But you know the audience; yeah, yeah, they could, sure. they, yeah. they, could okay. they could find me on the internet and be like, "Yeah, that's not an Asian man." Yeah. <laughs> He's but, opening uh, that up to everybody. Please find, find him, him on the internet. Oh, oh God! <laughs> Seek this out. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I'm an attention whore. Yeah, please yeah. follow me. Yeah. No, but uh, yeah, no, I, I I love that. They they really did nail that that uh the whole experience experience of being a child of immigrants uh yeah. really well on different sides of the spectrum you yes. know obvi- i guess they could have worked a little bit harder with with uh ali wong's parents yeah but i also didn't find the parents were the focus of the film obviously with a rom-com but just the relationship no. between the two leads but every which time is what they brought them back to. in i was like okay, yeah they kind of didn't belong there this? yeah they kind of <laughs> didn't belong there yeah and um yeah they could have worked a little bit harder to make all that right. fleshed out more yeah. but overall just was in love with this movie right Right. Yeah. But no, I, like I said, I, I watched it multiple times now. I enjoyed it more with repeat viewings, but there is some dead time in the movie. But overall, I, I just love seeing the two of them together. I hope they do more together. I know that <laughs> Ali Wong is going on to do the, the Harley Quinn movie next, like the Birds of Prey that's coming out. She's in that. Um, so they don't who's have anything. Who's she supposed to be? I don't know. And and they're doing a Harley Quinn movie. Yeah, they're doing kind of. It's called Birds of Prey. It's kind of like an offshoot of the suicide. You know, kind of like an update on the or sequel, I guess. But it's mostly Harley Quinn focused. Are they using that same uh, actress for? Harley yeah. Quinn? Okay, that's yeah. good. So there's continuity with it, but man, that first movie sucks so DC's bad. DC's got to like, set yeah. it all on fire. Man. I know. When I think this <laughs> is part of the project. reclamation project, yeah. where it's like, okay, we know what worked in here, and that's her. They're doing an so Alfred movie. 
Yeah, I Who want who I asked know. for that? I don't know. Who asked for Absolutely an Alfred no movie? That who is, on earth asked on for prequel an Alfred levels, movie? On prequel levels, that is the dumbest the shit. The worst. Yeah. The, I, I couldn't believe myself. Because even if he's him. like Bond, because it kind of is, I guess he's like a war veteran. Yeah, and a that's spy the way they're going or whatever. on it. It's like, okay, fine. We don't need everything tied to the fucking Batman universe. Nope. I'm a huge Batman. Right. I don't want to get sidetracked. But, you know, that totally. Um, yeah, no, I totally. I totally enjoyed it more i love the music uh love the commitment to the asian stuff <laughs> well the whole movie and yeah. and the fact that they you know didn't like you said things that could have easily been a trope or a stereotype wasn't right so it's very easy to you know say that you know that oh asians made a good asian movie but not a lot of people get the chance to and and like you said she had Ali Wong has the special, she has the popularity, and Netflix will take that and run. They don't care yeah. wh- like how you got there. It's They take the essence of what you do and just let you run with it. And Fresh Off the Boat is a good example, too. And they brought every, all those powers together and made you know a pretty good movie. So, But now, I'm going to take the mics over and, and uh-huh. talk about Set It Up. Because this movie, I think, is the best of the bunch. And... Like you were saying, New York is a character. I'm a sucker for those movies. And this one, I think, is the epitome of what a lot of the New York stuff that I like goes into it. Like, there's a New York version yeah, of what I've Someone Great Have was. I've not seen it. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Set It Up is is basically, you know, the fast-paced New York white, you know, white-collar version of this movie. Or, or of the city, I should say, and and the pace matches the the chatter, the dialogues on point. They're making up terms in this movie. It's so well written, and the two leads in this movie, which are right up my alley, because one of them is a legacy, quote unquote, in terms of like Zoe Deutsch. Yeah, Zoe Deutsch, Deutsch, amazing. Yeah, Leah well, Thompson. Yeah, her Leah. Th- yeah, Leah Thompson's her mother, and her dad is an A. Plus director from but the eighties. Isn't it you know. clear that sh- that Leah Thompson was in Howard the Duck, and then she married somebody basically whose name is Howard Deutsch? <laughs> His name is <laughs> Howard the Duck. Well, it's also you know kind of a weird. You know, I, I've been on set. You kind of get these things, but you know, the she basically married her director because yeah. in some kind of wonderful, like yeah. they just hooked up and and kept it going. But that's cool too. And and. But what's nice to see he's, too he's is not that a duck from Planet Duckland. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> reading Duck uh, Playbill magazine and jerking off. Um, yeah, it happens. They actually right. want to update that shit too. It's fucking crazy. But no, so Leah Thompson's awesome. She's got a great, you know. Zoe Deutsch, her she is so cute and charismatic. She is like at, in any interview, she's awesome. Like in this movie, it really yeah. plays into her. She's adorable. Uh, what she can do, like in her yeah. her charisma. The only reason I didn't connect with it totally is because they are like a lot younger, and they are doing yeah. a lot of like. There's probably I think they make it play like a six, five, six year age gap, probably something like that. Because he's supposed to be twenty eight, a little bit older, yeah, right? And she's, she's post college, so you figure. Yeah. Five six years. So, and what is his name? You've mentioned him several times. I know you're like you're fanboying over him. Oh, the, Noah. Something? Oh no no no, he's not in this. That's oh. not him. Oh, he's somebody else. No, this is Glenn Powell. Who uh, the nice thing that Netflix does a lot too. They don't just take like 
producers, content creators, like directors, and and put them up front. They like to do the pairings as well. You saw it with Always Be My Baby, or geez, I gotta keep doing it. I should have like a swear jar next to me (laughs) for every time I do it, but Always Be My Maybe, where, you know, everybody wanted to see Randall Park and Ali Wong together, and they, you know, Ali Wong was uh, a part of the Fresh Off the Boat thing too. She was a writer on the show. She was in a couple episodes, I believe. So, you know, they've known each other for a while and you get like the sense that they are friends and it has this great relationship. Same thing happened here where these two worked on uh, Everybody Wants Some together where they were on the same set and they're familiar with each other as well. And they're like, this is going to be a fun pairing. And they, boom, put that right on screen. And then to me, the writing is easily the best thing in this movie uh, because Katie Silberman... Uh, not only did she she's on fire right now basically for me anyway she also had another movie isn't it romantic uh, with uh, what's her name the girl from Pitch Perfect Rebel yeah Rebel, oh, Wilson. Rebel Wilson thank you that's it yeah oh, I'm sorry so yeah she's in isn't it romantic uh, another movie that she wrote so basically in the last year and a half she wrote set it up isn't it romantic and book smart that just came out oh, which nice. is hilarious yeah, yeah, it's basically it's, they keep like, like touting life. it as female super bad, super, uh, super um, bad, but it's not okay. fully. And the reason why they keep saying that is because Jonah Hill's sister is the kind yeah. of Jonah Hill ish type. Yeah. So, but that movie is hilarious, and the writing is on point there too. So, I think she is going to be something special coming up, and I think this is her early work that we're all going to look back and go, "Oh my god." This was the start of something great, and and it is. I like this movie a lot. It's very simple uh, in terms of it's they they call it in the movie. It's very accurate. It's either called parent trapping or serenoing, where it's like Sereno Divergerac stuff, like a Roxanne type thought uh, of, of what they're doing, where it's kind of parroting, getting mm-hmm. people together, and it works. and And it uses the best aspects of New York to get it to work. Like you have a game at Yankee Stadium, you have the high-powered CEOs going on, you have these private clubs that are like for only high-powered people. You have all these things that like is the other part of New York that people don't see or don't fully get to interact with day to day, but they know exists and it's kind of the thing that the engine that drives the city. You know, everybody thinks it's like, "Oh, it's this creative hotspot. It's so cool. It's hip. It's whatever. It's but it's also the business mecca of, oh, yeah. of everything. So, uh, and it reminded me kind of in the, in the cheeky fast paced version of a show I absolutely love called white collar, which is also set in New York where that's kind of like the underground, like con man spy version of a movie like this. And I think that's what made it appealing to me as well. But to be honest, the whole movie just rides on how, awesome those yeah, two the are they have and together. yeah so he i only know him from like all those like ryan murphy types of shows like uh scream queen oh okay he's in a lot of those he plays a douchebag <laughs> he's really I, good at it well he he's in hidden figures he plays john glenn he's in everybody wants some which is a fun movie and upcoming he's gonna be uh in top the new top gun movie that's oh, coming that's out perfect. he's gonna be in that uh and he's also gonna be in a follow-up to this one, like it's not a follow up in terms of like they're the same characters, but they're pinning 
uh, Zoe Deutsch and Glenn Powell together again with the same writer, Katie Silberman, for a movie called Most Dangerous Game, which I believe is also going to be on Netflix. So They're like the Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks of our generation. Yeah, I guess they're going to try to follow it up. I mean, it works. I mean, you've got male work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you got male work. It's the lesser of the Sleepless in Seattle thing, but you know. Find a thing that works and ride it out until it doesn't. That's fine with me because this movie works. Oh, yeah. And they're so cute. I liked when they're like, oh, I did that over dicking around thing. I was early and then I did the over dicking around thing. And it's like, that's not a thing. Yeah. yeah. Later, it comes back like, I was over dicking around. I know. It's perfect. And everybody's done it. Oh, it's so cute. It is. It is. Yeah. It makes you feel those like, those like, yeah, those new lovey, like young, like, like a, you're going to puke feeling. Right. And again, this movie does what, you know, Michelle Buteau did for your guys' movies. Like, this movie has Pete Davidson completely killing it oh, as yeah. the roommate. And then, uh, I always, Leonard Oots, uh, shout out to him. Uh, he's a very funny New York comic as well. He's hilarious. He's the guy in the elevator, if you watch this movie, when he, like, takes his shirt off. Okay, and, like, he gets stuck in the elevator with uh, Lucy Liu and Tay Diggs and okay. when they're trying to do the meet cute, which is also set up by another hilarious guy, Titus Burgess, who, uh, uh, yeah. if you watch every... Uh, uh, yeah, and, yeah. Oh, Kimmy Schmidt is so goddamn funny. Unreal. Yeah, and he is the best part. Titus Andromedon is one of the funniest fucking characters. And something, that, though, especially a, Netflix a, has ever thread, done. a thread that's continued through all these movies is that all these movies even though like a a, a rom-com has been considered to be kind of this dead like formulaic thing it's really kind of a really good platform for for comedians and comics and to yes absolutely comedy and you can see in all these movies like some of it is like very much like little bits like it's very much based on you can see people's bits that are being featured and like different comedians that are just being featured so it's an awesome new platform yeah, because new platform, but it's an awesome platform for that. Yeah, it's just an extension of what you've already seen them do in mostly like action movies or buddy cop things or yeah. whatever. Like you don't see it a lot otherwise, or or you see it in TV. To be honest, you see it more in yeah, TV. That's true. Which, to be honest, these movies aren't far from TV because a lot of the directors they use are people they stole from TV and was like, "You want to make a movie now?" You know, like kind of giving people their first shot. That's what happened with, I want to say, every single one of the movies that we're, we're talking about. I think it was like a first or second feature for everybody yeah, who they all true. worked in television. So that kind of seems to be the Netflix model, which it bothers me sometimes because it does look like I'm watching television sometimes, the way they shoot it and the way it kind of moves a little bit. But to be honest, sometimes they just kill it. So keep rolling it up, Netflix. That's... That's why yeah. we're doing this because yeah. they made so many to choose from. Like we talked about three, you know, pretty solid ones, and there's more. There's, yeah, there's more like that we dozens. didn't say. Yeah, I mean, like I would probably say shout out to the Noah Centineo movies because that man is 100% charm. That guy, uh, if you've Wait, seen, so who is this guy? Uh, he's the he he's the love interest, love interest in To All the Boys I Loved Before, oh, okay. and he's the he's in the perfect date. Uh, which just came out like a few months ago and to be honest like to all the boys i love before is the better one it's probably like i would have put that second but to me uh the perfect date is like one of those 80s movies ripoffs that i'm just totally fine with it like it felt like kind of like 
like a license to drive or like some of those early like Corey's movies that like oh, just feel like so fun and just like Rock you don't high school oh yeah it's a whole it's, well Joey it's Ramone right up there baby <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm all about it but for anyone who can't see I have Funko Pops on my wall and Joey Ramone's on there but obviously you know I, I dig that I was you know I think the 80s kind of started this thing so if you want to rip them off be my guest because a lot of these things can be mm-hmm. so fun if you just and because more yeah well they just updated it basically to make them super fun and super quick like the the thing about the 80s movies there's a lot of dead stuff on those movies there's a lot of it's, it's slow paced for a lot of them. even like i love a john hughes movie but mm-hmm. some of them it's very slow and methodical versus now it's like boom boom crack a joke boom we're going boom boom it's it's getting closer to television so you're seeing this weird mix but to be honest the ones that they have in here so good love it yeah you guys have been great i appreciate it what do you guys got coming up yeah i, I if, can talk if, about if you got like uh theater stuff or if you got comedy shows coming no, up I, I, you kind of dip I, in both pools. yeah no i'm all over the place i do film theater comedy um uh, and yeah just i guess what i'd like to plug is my pl- podcast for sure uh, yeah that, right i have, I, have too. I haven't released it yet i got five in the bank uh but it's called uh it's called good enough with stefano sanzo and uh yeah if you if you follow me on uh instagrams at stefabro 93 you'll get the the f- most recent updates on that that'll be releasing in like the next week or so nice yeah, so I'm pretty excited about that. Very cool. Who yeah. do you got coming up on that? Um, so let's see. Episode one was uh, comedian and friend Rodney Norman. Yeah. Uh, f- episode two was former arch nemesis Stash Makita. <laughs> episode three is current arch nemesis Frankie Hill. Nice. Episode yeah. four is hates uh, them at- Italians. Yeah, yeah, he really does. <laughs> he's open. He's o- it's only because it's the only thing you could be openly racist about. Because as we know, Frankie Hill list, is a racist. Yeah. And yeah. anyway, uh, moving <laughs> moving forward. Ep- yeah, ep- ep- episode four, uh, Pat and then episode yeah. five is actually a solo episode it's just nice. me uh recounting my uh weight loss journey oh okay yeah cool. yeah, yeah man so, you look great thank you i appreciate up, that man. you're doing half marathon a full marathon full marathon yeah yeah and okay. o- october 12th i'm training nice. for the hartford marathon Oof. yeah i ran ran six miles today seven tomorrow gonna run 14 saturday yeah, yeah. that's it's, exponential it's too much i i miss it's a, it's those days but i don't miss the pain i was bastard, on cross man. country in high school and yeah. track and it was brutal especially because all this road running yeah no the training the training is rough yeah shin splints everything i'm not there yet fortunately i think i'm taking good care of myself but i'm sure it'll catch up to me sooner than later yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) no but that's great man and where can people find you uh so uh instagram 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 is probably the best way to find me that's at stefabro 93 right uh and at stefabro on twitter and i mean if you want to add me on facebook stefano sanzo i don't have a fan page but like i kind of treat my personal page as a fan page which probably isn't advised you're a fan of yourself exactly which is a great way to describe myself actually (laughs) (laughs) well hey man i'm a fan too you're here for a reason thanks man i appreciate that and mega what do you got yeah well when does this air uh probably sometime this week or early next week i have a couple of shows later this week but uh next week or Later in July, I have a show in Brooklyn. <laughs> She's pulled out an entire calendar, everybody. Yeah. It's, it's, calendar. it's, it's, no, um, I actually put it. T- oh, my birthday is coming up. It's July 23rd. So wish me a happy very birthday. Nice day after my son's very cool. Uh, well, your son is a different, your son is a cancer and I'm a Leo. It's right on and that like, line. So, yeah, I'm right on the line. Yeah. And I believe in it. 
I don't, but like I'd rather be a lion <laughs> than a crab. Sorry. Sure. Hey, no, that's fine. July 28th, hey. I'm going to be in Summerall, Mass at Thunder Road Music Club. It's like an early show. It's 4 p.m. Nice. Like a Sunday show. I don't know. That's cool. And uh, July 30th, Pete's Candy Store, Brooklyn, New York, 7 p.m. But And later this week, but it's probably not going to air, but yeah. the 18th and 19th, some places too. And then somewhere, some other place. I don't know. I'm like, this is well, all Well, if it does, so where fast. can, uh, I'm sure you promote it. Where can people oh, yeah. find you? Find me at, uh, at Mega Harriso. So M-E-G-A-H-A-R-R-I-S-O on Instagram or just Mega Harrison on Facebook. And that's me. Nice. Well, thanks so much for doing this, guys. You, I, thanks you for know, having us. It's better than me just trying to, like, you know, troll the local malls or high schools, trying to talk to young people about uh, rom-coms with 14-year-olds that I just watched or whatever the hell is going on. It <laughs> seems this is way less creepy and way more mature and organized, so yeah. I appreciate you guys being here. <laughs> Anytime. Um, and this is the first one in my house, so this is pretty cool for me, too. Yeah. So uh, new house, new pod. I hope it comes out good for you guys, and good luck with all your stuff. Thanks Appreciate for being it, here. man. Yeah. Right. Thank you.